You are the man with the record button, sir. It's already been recorded. So let's start. Mage Talk is brought to you by Mage Mojo. We know that you have a lot of options out there when it comes to Magenta hosting, but we want you to give Mage Mojo a try. Not only do they have the fastest SLA at 15 minute response time in the entire industry, but they will also pay to get you back on your old host if you don't like it. We want to give you this special offer, and you can get the code to get that special offer in the middle of the show. Thanks to Mage Mojo for their continued support of Mage Talk. Mage Talk is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Finding a good Magento developer just got a whole lot easier. Visit them online at commercehero.io. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Mage Talk, the Magento Community Podcast, episode number 150. <laughs> I am Kalen, and the tutor of the horns is the one Philip the Jackson. only Philip, 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 check, 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 this is episode 150, but there has, it's like the 159th episode of Mage Talk. There has been a bunch of unnumbered episodes here. Right, and there right, 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 right. We passed the sesquicentennial, as I like to say, <laughs> a long time ago. By the way, um, I took a, um, I took a quick peek at the Future Commerce episode 50. Uh, you guys did a, a great job of kind of recapping things. I actually looked at the, sh- the show notes were amazing. And I actually yeah. looked at that and it was, uh, it was cool. So congratulations, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. And, um, a big shout out. One of the things we're going to do a little better, uh, here on Mage Talk and, and elsewhere and, and other properties that I'm, you know, I'm participating in is that there's a, a whole like crew of people that make these things possible that haven't always been so visible. And so I definitely, you know, at the end of the show, I want to throw out some thanks, but yeah, the show notes on, on future commerce, um, are, you know, somebody who stepped up to help to, to do that and make those, you know, kind of give it a voice. And that helps kind of, you know, especially if you're not sure if you're interested in listening to the episode or not, it helps you kind of find a little deeper information. It is, you know, it's interesting. Somebody asked me recently about, um, uh, a full transcription of, uh, one of the commerce hero episodes. Yeah. And, um, I still don't quite understand people that want to read a full transcription, but they are out there. Let me tell you, there's definitely... It's incredible. And there's a lot of value to it. I mean, as well, we, you know, uh, one thing we've been doing at Something Digital is something called Office Hours, which is uh, twice a month. We, you know, open up a uh, Facebook Live event and uh, and for one hour, we'll answer any question that comes and we solicit for questions ahead of time to kind of bank some in case nobody shows up. Right. And, uh, but you know, I keep trying to think of a good question for you guys, but I haven't come up with one yet. Well, I mean, that's not saying that we've had many good questions. <laughs> we have a lot of questions. <laughs> I wouldn't say we have good questions. No, we have, we have good questions. Um, it's interesting because the in that realm, when you're doing audio and video, and then you also, on another part of your business, do a lot of work around ADA compliance and accessibility, 
then you kind of have to follow your own advice, which is if you're going to do video, then you need to have an audio right. transcription track where people, right. it's accessible. But we found that it also lifts uh, organic search because you have a lot more data to totally. work with. Totally. Right? Yeah. Right. hundred yeah. so percent. I mean, it's an interesting thing, but there are people, you know, I saw Jamie Huskisson, uh, yes. uh, from JH as I've been, uh, corrected that it's it's pronounced jh that is the correct way to pronounce the, the letter is, h. J, jh uh, out in uh nottingham in the uh the the sheriff of nottingham in himself the united kingdom Jamie Huskisson, yeah in the united kingdom uh and yeah he he mentioned that he would like show notes for i think for the commerce hero show and i was like you that's just it yeah i'm not that person either it's weird i know i know so i'm i'm starting to um, I'm starting to get those done actually for that podcast. And so that should be That's great. That's uh, great. The accessibility thing is really interesting. I've been thinking a lot about and did you ever see there's this image I saw shared out where it compares sort of like uh it, in terms of accessibility, it sort of compares like you can be like somebody, let's say somebody that's disabled because they can't see and so the audio is helpful, ver like compared to somebody who is situationally quote disabled like let like <laughs> let's say somebody only has one arm and somebody is yeah. holding a baby so there's only one arm free i'm i'm 100% sure that you either watched the most recent office hours or you're remembering my talk from uh, imagine oh, okay last was year. it in there it would make sense that that was that's come in up there. a couple times this week um, i'm like how how this is so strange that you're bringing this particular thing up yeah it, i've been thinking yeah. about it a lot because i've been trying to do a lot of stuff on my phone I've been trying to. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I've been trying to build out like stuff that I do for commerce here, like administrative stuff and all this stuff. I've been trying to do, and I'm like, oh man, like there's this thing. This really needs a lot of work to make it uh, really mobile friendly. And uh, so, anyway, it's just something I've been like. If you can type with one hand, like swipe, for example, when you're when you're typing mm. on your phone, you can use swipe. All of a sudden, you can type with one hand. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I've game been changer, but there's also the there there there's a uh, small little subtle things that are also uh, really handy, which uh, you'll see a lot of apps now have, uh, especially ones that are uh, you know in the EU. Like I just booked travel uh, on a couple different websites uh, that you know are airlines that only exist in in Europe and. And almost all of those websites have toggles to make the text larger or to give you a high color contrast mode. Mm. And so, and those are really helpful. I realized when my battery is almost dying and I'm in the airport nice. and I have, and I have my screen is really dim and I can right. hit that button and all of a sudden I can see all the stuff on the screen. It, it doesn't always have to just be because somebody is poor of sight. It, it, it can be an assistive Totally. Cue for other and, people. And that's kind of the, the whole takeaway is building accessibility benefits, you know, people that, that are disabled in some way, but it also everybody else who, you know, situationally um, benefits as well. So it's just yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you're looking at that. And I think it's, it's becoming more and more uh, important. And so. I mean, things like voice too, because I've been trying to do more stuff with voice, like, okay, Google, send an email, do this, do that. Mm. And I've, I've never really used that. I've, I've known about those features and kind of played with them, but I've never really tried to use them very frequently. And um, it, it's, I mean, it's a completely different way to interact with, you know, your phone and things like that. So it's... Uh, it's well, didn't you... I saw... So this is like a, a little bit of a tangent, but I'll bring it back to the voice uh, thing, uh, which by the way, none of this is 
the topic of our show today, but I love it. So you you recently started messing around with Twilio, right? Yes. Okay. So what are you doing with Twilio? So with Twilio, I am kicking out. So I spend about half of my life following up <laughs> by email, LinkedIn, Skype, anything that I have for somebody through Commerce Hero who got matched with a job and now they're not responding to emails, or maybe there's an email deliverability issue or people just never check their email. So, um, so I added yeah, SMS. Let's, let's just face it. People realize that they now actually have to spend money and they're just they're ghosting you big time. Well, there, there's some of that, but there's a good portion of they just didn't. They're like, oh, I thought it was automated and I thought I didn't have to respond or just so many different things. So I added um, text messages as an option. If somebody puts in their phone number, we'll kick a text message out. Um, on if there's a job they're matched with and they haven't responded, something like that. So right, 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 uh, right. So Twilio is great. It it has a great like great documentation, really easy PHP. You know, composer require. Yep. Um, great little API explorer. So before you do any coding at all, you can just interact with send a text message through their little API test widget, and it shows you the curl command and the JSON. So response. cool, right? Yeah, yeah, it was just it was just really easy to get started. I thought it was going to take me a long time, but it's just like, boom, done. Yeah, it's uh, super easy. They have, a nice they have a great test mode. Great PHP SDK. Yeah, yeah, they have a nice test mode before you pay, um, before you upgrade to a paid account, you can send a test message to only your cell phone. And then yep. once, you, so it's just a great little onboarding experience. Yeah, and and so I had built out a little bit of functionality with uh, Twilio some time ago. And, and I think what, so what this kind of blew my mind, I wanted to, Get these guys on Future Commerce, but they're still small. Um, they don't actually have any merchants live yet, but I'll give them a little shout out. It's a company called Voices, mm. which is V-O-Y-S-I-S. That's how it's spelled. V-O-Y-S-I-S. Okay. So, okay. so they are they call themselves the complete voice AI platform, and they are, they aspirationally want to be the Twilio of artificial intelligence voice operation for websites. Mm. So so any website, and they're starting with commerce, but you can you can sort of guess how, how all the other assistive ways that you could have voice interaction on a website. But they they want to be able to provide voice AI capabilities, um, you know, in the way that Twilio has given businesses the ability to interact with text message and phone totally um, and, and phone calls. And so they have a really interesting. Um, Couple use cases and their API demos very 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 interesting. They're not quite to market yet, but mm-hmm. they're. I think we're going to see a lot more of this, and all it takes is a company like that to have a baked a Magento integration, and the next thing you know, it's like all the sites that we all deal with all just have this expectation, and merchants are getting this expected behavior from their customers that oh well, why don't you guys have the you know, totally, the, totally. the microphone icon. I, I just want to tap that and tell you what I want. And like, why do I have to click into the search box and then start typing? And then it's, right. you know, it scrolls it up and it's up above the fold and I can't actually see what I'm typing. And right. there's so many problems, you know? Right. Now, w- what would be, because I've been thinking a little bit about this, like whether I should try to build an Alexa skill or something like that so that mm-hmm. if I'm driving in the car and I can say, hey, Alexa, tell me about the new users that just signed up so I can whatever... Or for yeah. a Magento store owner, maybe says, hey, give me an overview of where my store is at. And it, and it tells you how many orders, yeah. how many shipped, how many whatever sure. sales revenue numbers for the previous day. 
what, how, what's the difference between something like this and building an Alexa skill or, uh, there's you know, two whatever. things. So I've actually spoken to these folks and, and again, I'm cause just cause I'm interested, there's no other reason. Like I, I'm not building anything on this now, right. but, uh, there's two use cases. The first is not everybody feels comfortable with putting all their data through Amazon's platform. Right. Um, right. like they're, <laughs> You know, if if especially if you're in competition with Amazon to some degree, or or you see Amazon as a competitor, uh, but that's the first thing. So uh, the second thing is is having more full control. The only way that you can create a personalized skill like this right now is to have a a skill that is in just in beta mode. So it's a, a it's active for your Amazon account, but not for anybody else's. Oh, I see. So if you wanted to share that skill that's paired with your Commerce Hero data, it would have to be a broad skill which has OAuth, you know, two capabilities that <laughs> you can sign into Commerce Hero and then using OAuth, you know, tangentially sign into the Alexa skill as well, and and then give it permission to you know view certain parts of the met, the metrics or stats right um, and and you could do that and you could make it broadly available nobody would use it but you probably <laughs> but right. but that's a big big pain in the butt right yeah. why wouldn't you just build your own singular service that taps in where you want it and then that that and again voices's goal is to have a unified API that can be consumed by a bunch of different things so Got you it. build on one platform and then you can publish to Alexa, you can publish to uh, uh, to Cortana, you can publish to Siri, you can pu- like. There's a bunch of voice assistants that exist in the world now that not just the one. Got but, it. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, nice. Nice. Kind of cool. Anyway, well, speaking um, of uh, uh, lots of uh, things that exist, and I have no idea how we. <laughs> How do we possibly? I was wondering how segue. you were going to segue into this next one. Um, oh, my heart is I'm, breaking. I'm calling it "Live Out There, Get In." Um, <laughs> everything's a get in. Okay, everything's a get in. <laughs> There's soupy get in. <laughs> so, right? um, so "Live there Out There," this, yeah. the, oh the uh, online retailer that uh, Jamie Clark, online retail business that Jamie Clark owns and runs. Jamie, yeah, Jamie Clark, Clark is the person that has emceed Magento Imagine. For five years now, four years, I think, six years, question? four years, years, and I think five years. <laughs> he's he's literally yeah, he, he's the well face known. of Magento yeah. Imagine, and Magento yes. Imagine is the face of Magento. So he's the face of Magento. Um, <laughs> there are so many people that are shouting at their radios right now. A lot of yeah, we, we've been responsible for more than a few radio shouts. Um, so they have moved to Shopify. Uh, unfortunately, and that, it, the, hence, that is why this section is entitled live out there, get in. Um, yeah. And they announced it. Um, well, they didn't actually announce it. So I got an email early on like Monday morning that says, uh, we've just announced our redesign of our website, go and update your customer information. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Live out there is on Magento too. Yeah. And I clicked, <laughs> so then I clicked on it and. And uh, and I was like, wait a second, this isn't Magento. So I go back to the email and I saw it and it says, and we've partnered with Canadian-based, and I thought that that was really funny that they, they sort of put, with Canadian-based e-commerce platform Shopify. That was how they justified this. it to themselves. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah exactly. It's, it's that, you know, it's... Um, Exactly. But yeah, and I cheated on you, but at least it was your sister. I mean, <laughs> of all the people I could have cheated on you. No, I'm right. just kidding. So, but, you know. Yeah. Now the oh, thing is, and he's meant he's, he actually was great. He replied to a bunch of tweets and things like that. And, um, the, th- 
it actually, now that I understand it a little better, it sort of makes sense because it's not just that they replatform from Magento to Shopify. Yeah. Um, they sort of changed their business to, they're a brand, they're, they're a label now. So they have, um, they went from being a retailer to being their own label. Um, so they're selling, so how many products? They said they have 12 products. 12. They 12 have 12 products. products where they had hundreds before. Hundreds. They were a dropship operation with, you know, all kinds of gear, all, all kinds of outdoor gear. They were like outfitters. Right. Which and, is where it makes sense to um, to use Magento and where it makes sense to use Shopify is when you have 12 products and you're starting a new brand. Um, sure. Apologies to <laughs> all the all the true Magento fanboys um, and girls, but so yeah, certainly not us. We're no longer fanboys <laughs> or girls. Um, but so, I mean, in that context, it it it, it yeah. At at the very first time that I saw it, I was heartbroken a little bit, and I think I I understand. It. I'm still heartbroken, but I think I I kind of understand. Yeah. It now. If you, I, this is what I always say, and I think this will do you well in life. Is if you if you just give people enough credit to say that if you were put in the same position with all of the same challenges in your business and in your life and all of the same financial pressures and all of the if you were put in the same position, it's a very high chance that you would make exactly the same decision, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. give people some credit. I do think that he will never step foot on stage <laughs> at Magento Imagine again. You like, think? <laughs> That ain't ever happening. <laughs> so if you are an MC professionally out there and potentially a you know a, a really great mountain climber kind of person and you'd like to speak at Magento Imagine, I'm sure they'll be taking applications you, any day. You've got to have at least a three foot vertical. Okay. <laughs> you've got to be able to jump because you gotta get on stage and yeah. jump. And yes, you do. Uh, you know, you've gotta be you gotta be a character. You got to be a oh tough, tough guy or gal. I don't even know what they're going to do. So, do you? Did you go to Imagine prior to Jamie Clark being the MC? I literally can't even right now, Phil. Um, <laughs> I did. Did I go prior? I don't think so because I didn't go to the LA one, and then I might have not gone to the first Vegas one. So I don't know that I've. I mean, my whole entire Magento life has been post Jamie Clark, and mm. or mm. has been. Jamie Clark. And now we're entering a post Jamie Clark phase and I'm not yeah, entirely we're, we're comfortable. In a, we're in a post Jamie Clark society now. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's plo- post Clarkianism <laughs> is, is the, is the, is the ideology and, and, and new and new anyway, yeah. it's the area in which we live. And, but here's the thing, Gary Foreman was a Magento employee right. prior who was the CMO or something, something to that effect. Something high up there. And Gary was a phenomenal MC. Right. Uh, and he did a great job. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe Andrea, she's now in that sort of role. Maybe she can MC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, there, there's all kinds of options if you wanted to go with just magenta internal people that could possibly MC imagine. So I don't think, you know. Obviously, we'll all miss Jamie. He's dead to us, and you know, and uh, good riddance. Let's never speak his name again. But you know, beyond that, uh, there's life after Jamie. There's life after Jamie. Life after Jamie. We're gonna try to move on. So yeah. uh, we're gonna have um, a moment of silence. Really we're gonna observe a moment of silence here for the yeah. next uh, twenty minutes. Yep, and you can observe <laughs> observe with us. No, 
It'd be really funny if we actually put 20 minutes of silence in. <laughs> Just throw it in there. Yeah. Um, what else do we got going on here? What else do we got? Well, aside from people leaving Magento to go to other platforms, we have people leaving their businesses to go to other businesses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, acquisitions. You put this in the doc. You I put did. this in the I doc. I'm this curious in the doc. So what sparked your your interest in in agency acquiring an agency? Yeah. So you know, I thought Christmas is around the corner, and I'd really like to get myself an agent. No, um, yeah. what's I, the one thing you buy for a Kaylin who has everything? You buy him an e-commerce agency, uh, preferably mid market, mid you know, mid to low market. Um, I so I was talking to somebody actually about hiring stuff, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, by the way, I think it might also be interesting to." you know, you're, you know, you're kind of a quote matchmaker or whatever. So if there, if you could hook me up with somebody that might make sense, some kind of a merger acquisition. Um, so that, that just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, that's a cool idea. And, and so, um, I just was thinking about, um, what that, and and then I remembered that there have been a number of acquisitions recently. And so Mm -hmm. I went, I started Googling them and I added a few of this list. You then went and added a bunch of others. So, there's quite a few. So there's the Blue Acorn one recently uh, by Behringer Capital that we're yep. uh, that we all remember. There's Born Group was acquired by Pod One a little no, while the other ago. Way other way around. It's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Pod One was a Magento agency or a design agency that did Magento that was acquired by right. um, FMG Group that then rebranded the whole thing as Born Group. So. Got it. Um, Deg and Born does it. By the way, just as an aside, Born is a powerhouse and we don't talk about them enough because they weren't around. They weren't like OG Magento agencies. Mm-hmm. But Born does a tremendous amount of business, not just in the Northeast, but is in the B2B space in Magento. Mm-hmm. Hashtag B2B, hashtag Magento. Um, and there's, it's, it's interesting because it, we forget, especially you and me, because we, we talk about this stuff all the time, but we forget that the landscape's constantly changing. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and then players like Born kind of come up out of nowhere and they're they're delivering lots of Magento, but you know, they weren't part of the OG Magento crew. So, you know, we forget about I don't know. It's Yeah, and maybe they're not on Twitter or going to hackathons. I don't know. I don't I don't right, I'm not right, sure right, anybody, right. any developers from there. Um DEG recent I think this might be the most recent DEG acquired um Moku with Moku Collective, uh, which I'm not entirely sure what kind of business that is um yeah i mean i mean well one because it has probably the worst name ever (laughs) where do you work moku no moku okay not moke me moke you 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 muck no um oh wow that's that one south um that was close close. lions acquired by it was acquired by cap gemini that's correct. That was a little while ago. Lions was a big one. Lions is Lions Consulting or Lions CG is was a huge Magento a huge one. partner. Yeah. yeah. And then Shopify actually acquired an agency called Boltmade. Um I think I don't know what either of those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> they have zero meaning to. <laughs> I think that was. I want to say in the last year or so. So anyway, those are some recent ones. But and I, I, I've a couple. You know, friends have mentioned things. Um, you know, offers. So it seems. I don't know. This seems like there's some financial people that are acquisition happy around agencies. Uh, in the last, I don't know, several years. Uh, so it's just, it's just, um, it's just something that you know is kind of interesting. Okay, so I have a really interesting conspiracy theory. Yes, you okay. do. Yes, you do. Okay, Shopify acquired a services company called Boltmade. Right. Right? Right. 
Okay. How long before Magento acquires, like just outright acquires a Magento agency? Oh, dude, I've been thinking about that for a while now. I mean, you talk about ECG a lot and Mm. um, they essentially already have their own agency. But Well, let's look at Ray Bogman. Who I just yes. interviewed at, at um, Meet Magento España. Yes. Hashtag uh, Hamon. And dude, he's going to go work. For Congratulations ECG, right? to Ray. He's going on board as a solutions architect. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Um, yeah, something like that. Ray, by the way, Ray tells a really wonderful story. He's a wonderful interview. Really nice guy. Um, but it, it's Magento continues to like eat the world. All of these people that are, you know, really talented folks in Magento are now or in the Magento, you know, SI community worldwide are going to work directly for Magento now. Um, so anyway, I, I heard a rumor and I don't know, I don't know if I'm screwing myself by putting this out there, but I've never pulled punches on this show once before. So can I'm confirm, not now can confirm that I heard that Magento has a goal now I've got okay. You're gonna have to hang on for a second because I'm gonna qualify it afterward. Magento has an internal goal that Magento services will deliver 100 site builds by end of year next year. 100 site builds by end of year 2018 from now correct. until 2018. That is correct. That Magento services will contract and deliver 100 site builds. Wow. And, and I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, it's a rumor, but, and, and you know what, listen, every organization has to have a goal, right? But right. my, my sense is probably not a big deal if, you know, if again, like I've said in the past, the pie keeps growing and Ben Marks at Mage Titans Manchester puts up this, you know, fancy schmantz slide and it's really pretty that says the Magento economy, meaning the number of dollars transacted by the partner the tech partner, solution partner, and Magento itself, that that economy is $5 billion today in 2017, but it is projected to be $23 billion in 2020. So in the next three and a half years, that's going to more than quadruple. I mean, it makes it's hard so, it's hard to wrap your head around those numbers, but it makes sense. I mean, because the the you know it's it's like the this pie you know the only pie that's getting eaten is the brick and mortar old like retail pie and that's you know yeah. sadly for people that are in that space but anything online i mean sure we compete against other platforms and stuff like that but anything digital online is is growing um that's just yeah. you know it's just at the same time right like i i i i get a little nervous so <sighs> I don't know. I, I I don't want to. I don't want to beat down too much on this. Like we, there was such a magical time toward the end of the eBay relationship when Magento was building Magento Two, where they looked right to the solution partners and they said, "Solution partners, okay, or developers in the community, the 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 Magento masters, if you will, but those didn't exist yet. How do we fix the Magento platform?" to be a 10 year, 20 year plan. Like what do we need to do to, to fix the problems that we have today and get us on the track for the future? And a bunch of smart people who were infatuated with a bunch of, you know, uh, basically fashion trends and development and programming said test driven development Mm -hmm. and, and dependency injection. (laughs) And, And then we wound up with this whole monstrosity of, of, you know, 
of really hard to work with tooling in Magento 2. And then we spent a year and a half undoing that. It's like any trust that they had in the solution partner community or in the developers community who didn't give solid advice, but gave like, you know, fad advice that like, do you think we're ever going to be trusted again? Magento is just going to go and they're going to learn it themselves. They're going to learn to deliver themselves and then they'll take their own advice. And it's just kind of a bummer that, you know, we had a great opportunity to help Magento grow a platform and we squandered it. Like I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like if it's the, it's, it's incumbent on the product company um, behind the platform to kind of take the lead with things. Um, so it, it kind of makes me yeah, feel I'm, good that they yeah. would be taking more of the lead with design decisions and, and getting feedback, but like not necessarily relying on that. Like, you know, if right. Apple, if Steve Jobs asked everybody what they wanted, you'd get a faster Walkman or whatever the expression is. <laughs> so um, I, I'm, I'm sort of That's okay true. with that. I can see how as an SI, you'd be less okay with that. Mage Talk is brought to you by MageMojo, a 360-degree customer support Magento hosting company. 360-degree customer support means every facet of your store is under support when you're at MageMojo. That's everything from the performance of your store to code-level support in the Magento core, and even patches will be applied by MageMojo on your behalf without your having to worry about a single thing. They have the fastest SLA in the entire Magento hosting realm, and they'll even give you money to switch back to your old host if you don't like them. I want you to try them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com slash magetalk for a special offer. Mage Talk is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Have you ever had trouble finding a Magento developer, whether hiring in-house, looking for a freelancer, or trying to find an agency? We're solving exactly that problem by building a database of developers and agencies with rich profiles, including tags to indicate their specialties, projects they've worked on, endorsements from other developers, and ratings on work that's been completed. If you're interested in that, sign up for free at commercehero.io. When it comes to things that are cutting edge, if Magento is the one developing things like progressive web apps, right? And they're going to partner and pilot now, not with the Coras of the world, they or you know, or the born groups of the world, the not the large partners that are delivering massive sites. Um, they're going to partner with their own services organization to deliver the the merchant betas of those things. Then it creates a weird chicken and egg problem of, well, when you are a company who wants to deliver a progressive web app. Who do you go to? You go to the companies that have the experience delivering it. And now that'll be Magento. It's not going to be someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think about the economy of, uh, or the, the, uh, the workforce of people that stick around in jobs for two to three years and then move on. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they work for a solution partner. Then they take that knowledge to another solution partner or they go create their own business. And mm-hmm. that knowledge then sort of branches out and it flourishes and you have people that go out and they work in other industries and people that leave this company and then they go and hire something digital again because they had such a great experience at the previous company. But that's not going to happen when everyone's working for, you know, Magento proper and then they leave and then they have NDAs and non-competes in place. And I just, I don't know. It just feels, it feels different. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, just it's, talking, it's, I'm talking out of my butt. I have no idea what I'm talking you about. You know, they're I, sort of becoming more monolithic. 
Yeah. Um, got, you know, and so that is always, you know, a concern um, when companies just becoming super monolithic. And so I don't know. But it's, it's, it's all for our, our benefit because Magento has got to keep growing. And I feel like if the pie gets bigger, then we're all going to get bigger. And that's great. But uh, anyway, interesting stuff. I know I'm getting bigger. Magento, just go ahead and hurry up and and acquire an, an agency, and let's get it all. Over. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, of course, if they do that, then you'll be super pissed, right? <laughs> Depends <laughs> on the agency. Give me a call. Give me a call, Magento. Let's talk. Uh, I'll take you out to dinner. <laughs> speaking of uh, progressive yeah. web apps. Um, there was a couple things I noticed that view storefront yeah. um, was on product hunt, which I believe is by Devante, the, um, Devante and it's uh, Tom Kwarka and, and that whole, yeah, you know, that so whole team. You can check that out. Give that an upvote. I also saw something tweeted, um, pwabuilder.com. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's like a quick, easy like way to build a, a, a progressive web app or something like, or I don't know, gives you a template. Um, I've actually been thinking about more, cause as I've been, like I said, using my phone more, I'm starting to really feel the pain point and want to make Commerce Hero a progressive web app. Um, be just because every time I load up a page, there's those couple seconds load time or whatever it is. Uh, and then especially if you're on, you know, a uh, cell data versus Wi-Fi or whatever, Sure. like to yeah, get that sure. shell loaded first and it like, I'm really starting to 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 uh to run up against that pain point. So it's it's interesting. It's Yeah, and I think too if um like I was on on the plane coming back from Europe uh and I had to buy data cuz I had to send out a bunch of emails and uh I realized <clears throat> I want to go on Twitter, but if I open the Twitter app, it's going to smoke me on data. It's going to download all these images. It's going to it's going to kill my 120 megs of data that I purchased for like 300 euro. Right. And it's, you know, so I, what's the first thing I did? I go to the, it's light.twitter.com, L-I-T-E.twitter.com. And it's kind of an informational site about here's what the Twitter PWA does. And it has a data saver mode. And when you bookmark nice. it and you put it as, as the, uh, as a bookmark on your home screen, it loads up the PWA that's stored in like local storage. And so you have offline access to whatever you had downloaded before. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I want. You know, like this is what it should be. This is kind of where the web is supposed to wind up. So if you wind up doing a, you know, if you wind up getting into that in Commerce Hero, I'd love to hear your story about that because that's super interesting. Yeah, I'm sort of trying to wrap my head around how much work it would be um, to get something basic up. Um, I mean, it sounds like on a basic level, you set up the wrapper and the service mm-hmm. worker, and then you just have a little bit of a shell. And then, yeah. you know, there's more and more you can do to take advantage of more and more of the APIs and um, things like that. But um, I, I feel like there was a, uh, somebody had a uh, Twitter ad campaign uh, uh, not too long ago. It's like build a PWA in five minutes. And it was, it was like oh, sort nice. of a soft intro. Um, in, into what makes a progressive web app, a progressive web app. Um, and that's it. It was, it was, uh, actually it was Firebase. Firebase was the one who, who had a a Twitter campaign for this, but it's a medium blog post. We'll, we'll post it in the show notes. Um, for, for real this time, because we actually have people doing show notes. Yes. Um, but, uh, Firebase had this great blog of sort of progressively building a progressive web app of here's step one, now run it through the checker and you'll see that you're passing the first test and now do the step second step. 
and it, it softly introduces you to the concepts, but oh, perfect! You know, we're probably a long way off from you know learning how to do that in the commerce context. Right, right. From, there was also one that came out recently. I don't know if it was someone re- on the on the re on it was a React Magento store. This is a view. A view storefront is a view uh, which is like React. It's in the React ecosystem, but it's just a different you know it's a different take uh not a different language but it's framework. done it's just framework um and so yeah there's a bunch of these like headless magento themes popping up um and I, i'll be honest with you i'm a little bit like i know we had done this too uh somethingdigital.com is is a react app <clears throat> that you know communicates over the wordpress api so i know that this is like i don't know i i kind of want to I kind of want to play more with this because I love this idea. It just seems like a big lift. Mm, mm. That's how you know you're getting old and you're not a developer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool that you're, you're communicating over the WordPress API. Yeah, um, it's kind of neat. So you're basically, head. I mean, it's basically headless, headless WordPress. It is, it's headless WordPress. Thing. There you go. Show title. Um, have you seen these uh, developer diary blog posts uh, on the Magento blog? No. So... Um, it, oh, you're you're skipping over the commerce hero stuff. Oh, I, I wanted to talk about the commerce. I'm a skipper. I skipped. How did I oh, do that? Okay, fine. No, All that's right. fine. Yeah, get skipped. That's fine. Um, we can we can we can circle back. We're talking about the order in the doc, of of course. Oh yeah, of course, because um, that's just how we live. Everybody, the doc is love. The doc is life. Every, everybody that's knows right. about the doc. Um, <laughs> but so I I really like this. They um. I've no there's a kind of a new um category within the blog called developer diaries and they're posting kind of the story of um I haven't actually drilled in and read these yet I, I have them I have them pocketed so I can get in there and read them but they've done mm-hmm. one for uh Pronco uh consulting Max Pronco they've done one for one step checkout um and cart to quote and I think it's kind of like a little bit of a kind of a background on how the developer got started and and things like that. So I love that they're kind of, I think, you know, they're kind of featuring, you know, you, you know, smaller companies, um, that I, I don't know if they would have normally featured in on their blog. I'm still sad. I haven't ever been featured on their blog, but I digress. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a really, I think it's a really cool effort. And, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think what's interesting is that, and I don't know how Max Pronco's one fits in, but one step checkout and cart to quote are both, market on the Magento marketplace with, uh, with actual, you know, with actual products that you could purchase or, or download from there. Um, and I also thought it was really interesting of Magento, um, and in neither a good nor bad way. I just thought it was interesting that their very first developer diaries was cart to quote, which I have some experience with because we've, we've had some Magento sites come in to something digital using this module in the past. And it is, it has a direct, it is it is the Magento community direct competitor to Magento Enterprise 2.2 B2B. <laughs> so there's it's it's kind of an interesting it choice. Is, it is, yeah, it is an interesting um, choice to feature. But I do love that they're telling developer stories and how people are growing businesses based around solving, you know, actual business problems with extensions. Um Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll see Karen on there one day. <laughs> <laughs> I, Probably, I doubt it. I doubt it. Almost definitely. We should. Definitely. I mean, that would be amazing. Karen's been Wouldn't giving be nice? giving yeah. Magento uh, a hard time. She's been taking every opportunity to uh, to critique 
uh, marketplace and things like yeah. that. But at the same time, at the same time, she was at the Mage Test Fest. She was. Um, Shout right? out to Mage Test Fest um, out in uh, the Netherlands, right? Mm-hmm. Yissy uh, with uh, Yirio uh, put that on and had some incredible speakers there. Sebastian, what's his name? The creator of PHP Unit. Yeah, um, Sebastian Enzinger, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Okay, maybe. Um, so yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, great speakers and uh, Bergman. There you go. I knew Spash. the Enzinger thing was wrong. Enzinger, Sebastian Enzinger is the Extento guy. There Sorry. you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, shout out to them. But yeah, she's out there and uh, and uh, and commenting <laughs> on things. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I thought the developer oh, diaries. It's, really- it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, uh, speaking of people in the UK, I just want to give a shout out to Rebecca Brockton, who uh, is dropping a an interview a day hashtag Titan Interviews um, on her on her YouTube channel, and they're actually pretty good. She's really really good. Um, she's just doing a really great job, and not she's see- introducing. Yeah, I don't know. So I saw it? the hi- I saw the promo. Um, I saw the promo video for Mage Titans UK, which was awesome. Manchester, yeah. which was awesome. Um, yeah. I gotta check. She also started a, a Twitter feed for all the sorts of YouTube Magento YouTube content that's coming out, which is which I thought was great. Also, um, she moved to uh, J J H. Uh, <laughs> she moved uh, from Magento to J H as a solution specialist. Um, yep. So that was a recent move. So congratulations to her on that move. We're yeah. congratulating also, a lot of people on their on their moves. I like it on their moves. Yeah, congratulations for moving. Get out of my way. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's really interesting? I met her for the first time. It was really awesome. I still haven't met her. It's ridiculous. She's she's super sweet. Uh, very nice. And I met her wife, uh, Carly. And Carly calls her Becky. Wow. You know that people call her Becky. That just it's blew, real blew sort my of, whole mind. Really weird thing to hear someone that you've called Rebecca to be called Becky, sort of just casually. And then Sherry Rohde was calling her Becky as well. And that was kind of throwing me off. And and so now I'm going to call her Becky. I don't know. It's there you good. go. Becky yeah, from the so, block. So go, go Becky with the good hair. <laughs> Got to go check out Becky um, on the YouTubes. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, very cool. And, so you uh, were doing. You have a new show that you've been pumping pretty hard. Yes, uh, the dailies, the Commerce Hero dailies, Com- up, up and away, right? Yes, Commerce Hero dailies. We're on. We just we just published. I think twenty episode twenty one. We just Dang, recorded. Son. I think twenty eight. So yeah, it's been fun. My buddy Steve, um, longtime friend of mine. Uh, we just been tag teaming them and talking about. It's about ten minutes a day something like that. And just been talking about different themes that are coming up as I'm, you know, building the commerce hero business stuff around hiring stuff around dealing with freelancers, basically whatever frustrates me or gets me excited. The previous day (laughs) is what I talk about with sufficient anonymity. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been kind of cool. Well, I just happened to listen to the, the most recent one, which was, yeah, which was you were talking about running a business from a cell phone, yes, something to that, that effect. What's what's that all about? So, um, the, <laughs> so this is kind of what I was talking about a little bit, where I've been doing. Uh, so, I heard um, this guy that I follow um, who has a business like seven hundred people, something like that, and he said, "I don't own a computer at all. Everything I do is from my phone." And for some reason, 
it just kind of clicked for me. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a cool goal. Um, so all the stuff, like, so all the stuff that I do other than coding, of course, for Commerce Hero, um, answering emails, administrative stuff in the back end, processing payments, matching people up, uh, things like that. I was like, you know what? I want, I wonder if I could do the, all those things from my phone. Um, so that's what I've been working on. And so it's, it's been, um, I've been, you know, making a lot of sections in the app responsive that weren't previously, um, and just things like that and building out little message templates. And, uh, so it's just, I don't know, it's just this weird idea I got and I've been kind of running with, um, the, the neat thing is when you try to do something on your phone, you run into all sorts of usability issues. And when you fix them, you improve usability on phone and also on desktop. Um, so yep. it's just been, it's been, uh, it's been fun. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that idea. I love this idea that you and I are thinking about these larger, uh, these larger sort of challenges to solve and how maybe they're not actually great ideas, but they're interesting to kind of explore and they make you think about the world a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's kind of, I've been thinking much more deeply since our last show about uh, how the open source, you know, business or the open source commerce the open business. source stack. Yeah, the, yeah. The fully open source stack and how awful and what a nightmare that would be to actually, you know, <laughs> maintain. maintain. But, but it's really cool because it makes you think about things differently and it makes you look for solutions you wouldn't otherwise look for. Uh, for problems that you wouldn't otherwise have. And, right. and I think that makes you creative. It makes you, it, totally. it challenges you in a new way. Yeah. Like constraints lead to creativity. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's why everyone on Shopify is so creative <laughs> is because of how unbelievably constrained they always are. <laughs> Bam. Shots fired. Love um, it. Yeah. Speaking no, of which, uh, uh, wasn't Gary Vaynerchuk just on the Shopify Something so podcast it's or? funny because I was watching one of his things and the, and he was doing an uh, a an a, an interview and he'll record podcasts he does with other things and the title uh, the subtitle on his video said Shopify Plus podcast and I was like what I didn't know Shopify Plus had a podcast so I went and googled it I couldn't find anything um, it might have just been titled wrong I don't I don't know um, but yeah I did I did notice that title which was interesting. Do they have a podcast? Yeah. Shopify have a podcast? So according to, <laughs> so our, our buddies over at uh, Digital Operative, uh, Adam uh, in particular, um, what's Adam's last name? I forget. It's uh, Levinson. Uh, Levinson, that's right. So, uh, and, and shout out to Adam because he, <laughs> he just sent us the best picture ever <laughs> of him taking a nap on his Mage Talk laptop sticker, which was great. Um, so uh, Adam had said that he listened to the Shopify podcast, which is a thing that exists. Um, you can see it in iTunes and apparently the audio quality is terrible and the, you know, the content is questionable and it's, it's not near the level of, uh, excellence that you've come to expect with mage talk. So (laughs) I think he was giving us, it sounded like maybe a sarcastic compliment, but I'll take it. I'll take it. We'll take, we take all compliments. They do have a podcast. We take all comers. Um, awesome. I, um, I have a question for you. Sure. I don't know why I was thinking about loyalty programs, but I was thinking about Amazon. I've been using yeah. Amazon a little bit more. Um, and things yeah, like your that. whole life, basically. Yep. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking to myself uh, that 
they don't have any kind of a loyalty program in the sense of obviously they have Prime. They have, there's some credit cards. There's like a a rewards credit card. But in the sense of, I like in the sweet tooth loyalty program, sense of a loyalty program where you get points for purchases or in the sense of like an airline rewards program, you get points for purchases. You can redeem those points later for stuff. They don't, they don't have that, right? They don't have anything. No, not in that sense. No. I just thought that was interesting. Um, Because like, I, like, would you, cause I guess what got me thinking about it was open loyalty was the, um, the, the open source loyalty software that we were talking about part of that open source stack. And it, you know, like, I, like, l- would you say having a loyalty program is just a general best practice for an e-commerce store? Uh, <laughs> maybe. You're, um, you're it depends. Like I, so there's two things that loyalty does. One is it rewards your best customers, which are the ones that, you know, come back and purchase from you naturally. Mm-hmm. And it also encourages people to come shop with you instead of shopping elsewhere when they could possibly get your product directly, right? And yeah. it rewards them for that loyalty, which is why we call it a loyalty program. Right. So the problem with loyalty is that you sort of have to have a critical mass of people who like your products, know your products, familiar with your brand and want to purchase it in the first place. And it can't be too much like a loyalty program for, you know, for a company that doesn't actually have a real brand, right? Like, like if you're just white labeling, selling USB cables on Amazon, you do not have a brand. Mm-hmm. Like you are, you're in business, but you don't have a brand. You might think you have a brand, <laughs> but the next guy that comes along that sells it 12 cents cheaper than you is going to win. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I, I think it is a best practice, but it really depends on the company and the retention of your customers and their affinity to your brand. And if you truly have a brand, mm-hmm. So that's the long winded answer. Gotcha. You know, I'm just remember the other thing that made me think about this is that didn't Amazon recently open up prime so that, other companies can basically use it or white label it or something like that. So I, I, I don't know why I'm turning this into the Amazon show, but yeah, just, this is now the Amazon. You're like super interested in Amazon right now. And in general, maybe I think, I think so. I, I know that they've been doing prime for FBA items for a long time. So, you know, fulfillment by Amazon is, is, is prime effectively, but it's another company who's, you know, who's fulfilling the product or who, or I'm sorry, there's another company who's actually selling the product through Amazon. Amazon's just shipping it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's what you mean. I don't know enough about Amazon to be the authority, but I, you had mentioned to me that there is a credit card that Amazon has that provides, you know, 5% cash back or something. Yeah. 5%. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed that they have a, they have a cash back card. Um, but uh, I, I got to find that. I don't know where I saw this. Um, right. But, uh, some, some crazy reason I, I got that idea into my head. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, but, but so open loyalty. So you're kind of thinking to yourself, you know, is it a, is it a best practice for you to launch with a loyalty program or is it a, yeah, like, um, you or know, are there people that are like that specialize in building out loyalty programs or running them? Like I'm trying to figure out where you're going with the, 
Well, it just got me thinking that, um, I mean, because I guess I, I would say that I would assume having a loyalty program is, is a general best practice. Like you're saying, maybe not for the company that sells, you know, 12 cent cables, but if you have any right. sort of a brand, um, I would imagine it's probably a best practice. But then I was like thinking, wow, it's interesting that Amazon essentially doesn't have one. And, you know, people are loyal to Amazon because they have a lot of selection, they have good prices, and then you get locked in with Prime and you get good shipping prices. So that's what the loyalty comes from. Um, So it just was got me thinking like, should other other retailers use a similar model um, to to that as opposed to a points-based? Well, Prime is their loyalty program. It's more of a price club, right? Like in the, in the right, I mean that's that's what Prime is. It gives you a lot of value for, you know, it's it's all of your shipping is free, you know, for the year when you buy Prime, and plus you get video and you get Audible books and you get uh, Kindle books and you get uh, MP3s and you can stream music and here's a TV channel for you to watch with the original programming. It's just the value add is just so massive right. for the cost. I mean, it is effectively the world's best loyalty program. Um, pretty, but just pretty much, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I guess, just generating, you know, points back on a, on a purchase is it's not traditional in that sense. Right. And I guess that's where I was wondering is, is should other e-commerce sites do, uh, follow that type of a model where you, you get some kind of a yearly payment to opt in right. the program and then you get like free shipping or, I, I mean, it's going to be hard to compete with all the things they can offer, but to follow a similar model where instead of sure. redeeming, redeeming points, you're paying in and getting free shipping and a few other things so that it, so that it's just easy and mindless to purchase from them again. I mean, a, a long, long time ago, but when Prime first came around, people would have said that diapers.com is the one who nailed this, right? Because okay. diapers.com was the one who is like, oh, well, we'll make it easy for you. You know, the the diapers.com was the, you know, we're going to give you auto shipment, auto subscription. Uh, we're not going to charge you for shipping. We're going to allow you to change the size of the diapers and let it grow with your child uh, over time. Um, and then we're going to sell a bunch of other ancillary products you can package in with that shipment so that you can kind of keep your costs low. Mm-hmm. And Amazon recognized the power of that and bought diapers.com. And that's, I think, the beginning of what became Prime. And I don't know mm-hmm. how what your Amazon Prime story is, but I, mine was that I was going to buy a, a set of cookware because we were, you know, we were big kids now and we owned a home and I needed like, you know, not two dollar dollar store uh <laughs> you know pans to cook in that yeah. were probably giving me cancer. <laughs> yeah. And when I when I looked all over the internet, the only place I could find with great reviews, uh of which uh like the one it was an aggregator of reviews on cookware was Amazon. And the the cost of shipping these heavy freaking pans, mm-hmm. like this whole set of pans, was almost as much as just getting the Prime me- membership, you know? At mm-hmm. that time I think it was like 79 bucks or 75. It was like, oh, it just, it seemed like a no brainer. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. should other companies do it? I, I think you'd have to have a high frequency, high return frequency of purchase kind of business. And I just read somewhere that Amazon's conversion rate is 77% <laughs> for oh Prime God. users. 77%. It's like, <laughs> That is seven even, that, of every 10 people that visit the site as a prime user buy something <laughs> in that visit. That doesn't even make any sense. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's like, just stupid. So, yeah, I don't know. Wow. 
Um, I don't know gosh. if it's going to work that way for every single company. Well, um, if you're not at 77%, you got work to do. So <laughs> you've got your homework laid out for yeah. you. Yep, 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 yep. Oh my yep. gosh. I was that looking was at my good. conversion rate, you know, it was hovering. It kind of did because it, 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 it's usually around 3%. It'll go two, three, four, something like that. And it dipped down around one and then below one for like a week and I was freaking out and then it popped back up. But uh, not quite to 77% though. I, 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 will, yeah. I will tell you that. Yeah, you, you get to the long, slow SaaS ramp of death or whatever you call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a little while before you get there. It's okay. You'll get there. You'll grow, you'll grow up. We'll get you'll there. Grow up. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. Let me throw out some credits before we close up. Do you mind? Not, not at all. Please do. Yeah, so uh, uh, we want to give some love to the people that make this show possible. So thank you so much to Mallory Triana, who does our transcription of the show, which is a new thing that we're uh, going all in on. Uh, also, Rebecca Brockton for show notes and our longtime producer and uh, podcast editor and the maker of music who uh, uh, tickles your ears, Mr. Christopher Harry from podsherpa.com. If you need podcast editing, make sure you hit up podsherpa.com. And that does it. That does Any it. last words there, Kalen? No last words. Hope you have a great week and uh, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Peace. Peace.